Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Hey, welcome everyone, all of our E-Rhodes family. So glad to have you with us today for the Rhodes Church online experience. My name's Chad. My wife Dawn and I are the lead pastors here at the church. And it's our vision here at the Rhodes to connect people with Jesus from all roads of life. So no matter what road of life you find yourself on today, we pray that you'll connect with him. We believe that when you do connect with Jesus, everything about our life begins to change. So we're, we're grateful to have you with us today. And I just want to say a quick thank you to all of you that are, that are continuing to give and support your generosity to the Rhodes Church. Whether you're a regular uh, attender or member here at the Rhodes, or maybe you just found us online and God's put on your heart to start, start supporting what we're doing, we just want to say thank you. We're continuing to reach out to people through our food pantry, uh, meeting individual needs, those in need. We're continuing to try and reach out in this time and help people around us. So every bit of your support, we're grateful for that as we continue to help reach other people. We've been on a series of talks here at the church uh, called We Will Overcome. And I, I said last week that I, I thought we were ending that series up, and I, I didn't mean to, to lie. That wasn't my intent. I really thought we were done, but found some other things that, that I felt like God wanted to speak. So we're going to continue that today. And today I want to talk to you about why we overcome. Why will we overcome? So we encourage you to engage with us. Maybe subscribe to our YouTube channel like our page on Facebook or our E-Roads family group or share it. Right now, maybe you take a moment to share this message with a friend because you never know that one share that you make could make the difference in a person's life. So take a moment and share that. Put some comments, engage with us. We can't see or, or can't hear your amens, but we're going to be lo uh, looking for them and uh, seeing who's engaging with us online. So we're glad to have you with us today. Our sermon notes will be available on our website if you'd like to follow along, or you can get on the YouVersion Bible app and you can get them there as well. At the Rhodes Church, every time we open God's Word, we get excited because we expect that God has something to say to us and that He wants to speak to us. So right there in your homes, let's make some noise as we open up our Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. Woo! Yes, Numbers 13. So glad to be in your homes today. You could be a lot of places, you could be watching a lot of things, but you're taking this time to share this with us, so we're grateful for you. Numbers chapter 13, we want to jump right into it and talk about why will we overcome? Why are we going to overcome the things that we're facing today? Numbers chapter 13, I'm going to start reading in verse 27. This is part five of our series, and it says here in verse 27, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to, to go up against the coronavirus. We are not able to go up against unemployment. We are not able to go up against 
relationship issues. We are not able to go up against children issues. We are not able to go up with against physical issues. I know I'm inserting some things, but I just want to bring the context forward to 2020 where there's people saying we are not going to be able to overcome the unemployment rate. We are not going to be able to overcome the dip in, in the issues that we're facing. We are not going to be able to overcome COVID-19. I've got some news, some encouraging news for you. We will overcome. But this is what they said. They said, we will not. They gave a bad report. They spied out the land. We've gone as spies. The land devours and inhabits. All the people we saw in it are men of great stature. Saw the giants. They were descendants of Anak. And then we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. I want to pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your presence is with us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that every, every screen right now will just come alive with your power and with your presence. That it will not just be another program somebody's watching on their phone or on their tablet or on their computer or on their TV screen. But, Lord, I pray today it will be an interactive living experience as you come into their household, into their, wherever they're watching it, and God, make a difference in their heart. We love you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, that you bring this word to life and speak to us in Jesus' name. Somebody type in, Amen. Amen. So glad to have you this morning. Notice what happened here in, in these 12 spies going to, give this, uh, going to make this report. And Caleb comes back and he gives his report. And here's what I want to focus on today. Because Caleb was an overcomer. Caleb had, he had a different spirit about him. He, he provides a pattern to follow when facing difficult situations. Look in verse 30. This is his report. Caleb quieted the people before Moses said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. What was his pattern? What, what was his pattern for doing? Number one, he quieted the people. We've talked about this a little bit, but I just want to summarize as we run into it that we got to silence the wrong voices. The wrong voices outside and inside. I don't know about you, but some of the loudest people for me to quiet in my life are the voices in my own head. It's not trying to quiet what other people are saying. It's, it's what's going on inside my own head. Those thoughts of fear and anxiety, intimidation, inferiority, whatever it may be, all those thoughts, we got to quiet those voices. That's what Caleb did first. Stop feeding on the wrong sources of information about yourself and your situation and start feeding on what God says. Quiet the people, the first thing he did. Number two, he said something and said and said, we got to say something. Sometimes you got to quiet other voices by talking louder than them. How I many of you ever been in a situation when you've been in a room and you got to say something and there's a lot of noise? Maybe you're a parent, you got a lot of you know, noise, the kids are making noise. Okay, you're, you're homeschooling now. Kids are in the house, it's chaotic, it's loud, and you're trying to get their attention. You can't say, hey, excuse me, uh, excuse me, excuse me, hey, hey, hey. Sometimes to quiet other voices, you got to make yours loud. You got, hey, 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 hey! Sometimes you got to get a little louder. This is what I believe sometimes we got to do. When the enemy's talking in our head, we got to say what God says a little bit louder than what the enemy is saying into our head. So we got to say something. We got to speak from revelation, not from observation. Instead of saying what we feel and what others say about something, we got to say what God says about it. So what did he say? What was his statement, his overcoming statement? We've read this several times, but I just feel like there's something on it today that I want to encourage you with. Why will we overcome? Why will we overcome? What did he say? Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Israel had a problem. What was their problem? The problem was this. God had promised them a life, a future that, they, that he wanted them to live. 
but they were not currently experiencing it yet. So we got, God had spoke something. He promised them something, but they weren't experiencing it yet. And they were facing giant, seemingly overwhelming opposition in order to get it. Now, how many of us have been in similar situations? That God has promised us a life that we're currently not experiencing. We're not experiencing what God has for us. Maybe, maybe uh, physically, emotionally, relationship-wise, financially, whatever it may be, in all these areas, we may not be experiencing everything God has for us. We've got, we realize there's something out there that we're not experiencing, and it looks like in order to get it, to change our life, we're facing giant, seemingly overwhelming opposition. It seems a little big. So what do we do? How do we solve that problem? That's our problem. How do we solve it? When finding a solution to a problem, I found this, and they talk about this, whether it's in journalism or uh, doing a research paper or even police investigation, when you're trying to find a solution to a problem, they say you need to answer the question, these five questions, who, what, when, where, and why, the five W's. Now, they added how, but they originally start out with answering the five W's. So now, if Caleb is our example for us to follow, how does his answer, his statement, his report, if you will, how does it answer the five W's and how can it help us in our life? Number one, write this down. Who? Who? Notice his statement. Let us. Let us. So who's the who? The who is you. Type that in the chat below. The who is you. The who is you. You have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. No one's going to make it for you. We have to stop looking around for someone else to do it. Caleb said, let us. The who that he answered, the who, we've got to realize the who is us. We've got to make a choice. We've got to make a decision. We can't look for someone else to make decisions to change our life. You are the who. You're the one. You're the one that's holding the power to make a change. You're the who. This is what he was saying. Don't look any further. In Exodus chapter 10, Moses and Aaron went before Pharaoh, and they're asking Pharaoh to let their, the people of Israel go, and, and Pharaoh was going to let them go, but he wanted to only let certain of them go. He wanted, to, he wanted to incorporate social distancing, if you will. So he only let certain of them go, and he says, okay, go serve the Lord your God. But he asked this question, who are the ones that are going? He said, I want the women and children to go. Who are the ones that are going? And I believe God's asking that question to you and I today. Who's the ones that are going to go? Who are the ones that are going to make the difference? Who are the ones that are going to go after what God has for them? Joshua said this in Joshua chapter 24, I believe it is. It says, you choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Choose for yourselves whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The who is us. We've got to make the choice. Choose for yourself today. Are you going to make a difference? Are you going to make that change? Or are you going to wait? Isaiah said this. God was asking the question and said, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Here's what I want you to put in the chat. Raise, put the, the raised hand emoji and say, here I am, Lord, send me. The who is you. The first question, the who is you. Number two, what? If the who is you, number two, what's the what? What's the what we got to do? The what is take possession. Let us go up at once and take possession. We talked about this a lot last week, so I'm not going to spend much time on it. This is the faith action that has to be taken. Go take possession of the promise that God has given you. Go take possession of it. It's the, it's the faith action of the process. We need to understand this about taking possession. Taking possession is a process. 
You don't take possession in a moment. When I talk about take possession, it's starting the faith act. It's taking an action. It's not that I'm going to arrive. That word take possession means to occupy by driving out previous tenants and possessing in their place. So we got to take possession of what God said. Type in there, I'm taking possession. I'm taking possession. That's the what. Who, what. Now what's the next one? When. Who, what, when. Notice his statement. Let us go up when? At once. Let us go up at once and take possession. What are you waiting for? When? When? No time like the present, don't delay. When deals with when we move on what God has told us, not when it actually comes to pass. When we say when, it's not about when am I going to get there, it's when am I going to move towards that. So it says, let us go up at once. When he said, let us go up at once, he wasn't saying, I'm going to arrive at once. He said, I'm just going to make a move towards what God said. And that's what God's asking you today. When are you going to make the change? When are you going to take a step of faith? When are you going to start being the person God created you to be? Let's go up at once. Let's do it now. Let's don't wait. Don't put it off till tomorrow. How many procrastinators we got out there? You'll put, raise your hands there. You say, that's me. Mark Twain said this, never put off till tomorrow what may be done the day after tomorrow just as well. <laughs> That's a great procrastinating statement. And, but how many times we, we realize that we cannot put off what God is telling us to do? St. Augustine said this, God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but he has not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. When? We got to do it now. We got to do it now. We don't, don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't put it off till later. Don't put it off till it's convenient. Don't put it off for the, some ideal circumstance. When Jesus called the, the 12 disciples, he walked up to them and he said, come follow me. Right? And the Bible says that they immediately dropped their nets and started to follow him. And he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So it says immediately they started to follow him. Notice what it does not say when we're talking about when. It says, he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they dropped their nets and started following him. Notice what it does not say. It doesn't say, and immediately they became fishers of men. They didn't immediately become everything God had wanted them to become. They immediately started. That's what when's talking about. When is talking about when am I going to get started? When am I going to act on what God's told me? Some of you, God has told you to do something over and over and over, and you keep putting it off. You keep putting it off. I'll get to it later. I'll do it then. I, I know I need to change. I know I need to turn my life around. I know I need to make some changes of friends. I know I, need, I, know I need to change my, my circles of influence. I, I know I need to start reading my Bible more. I know I need to start praying more. I know, I know I need all this stuff. When? Let's go up at once, he said. Don't wait. Don't wait. There's no time like the presence. present. When deals with getting started, not with arriving. When doesn't deal with when it will happen, but rather when we will obey. What are we waiting for? 2 Corinthians 6 says, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. When to act, the time to act on what God has said is at once. Type that in there. Say, I'm going to start at once. I'm going to start at once. I'm going to start making the changes. I'm going to do it today. I'm not waiting anymore. At once, Caleb said, let's go up. That's what God's speaking to you. When? Who, what, when? What's the next one? Where? Where was the promised land? Where deals with focus of direction? Where deals with your direction? Ken Blanchard said this, knowing where you are going is the first step to getting there. For them, it was the promised land. For you, where are you going? Where are you headed? 
Do you know where you're going? Are you moving towards your promised land? Are you moving towards what God has directed you to do? Are you moving towards the life God has asked you to to, uh, pursue? Are you moving in that direction? It's more about the direction than it is about the destination. Get going in the right direction. Stop waiting about when you arrive. Sometimes we don't do things because we think, well, I'm not there yet. And we make excuses, well, I, well I'm just never going to be what God. Maybe we're never going to get there. Maybe you may think you're never going to get there. But if you just go long enough in the right direction, you will get to your destination. It's not about arriving today. It's not about the time frame. It's about where are we going in the right direction. Some of you need to turn around, go in a different direction. Change your direction. Change where you're going to end up. Psalm 25 says this, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. You are not there yet, but you got to be headed in the right direction. Type that in. Stay the course. If we we go in the right direction, we just got to start staying the course. Sometimes, How many have done this? You've gotten the right direction in your life? You try to do what God wants you to do. You're trying to serve God. You're trying to pursue the right life. You're trying to go after the promises of God. You're trying to go in the right direction. But how many knows it's hard to sometimes stay the course? Get in the direction and stay the course. Keep going after it. Keep going after it. I'm just going to keep going. Where? Who, what, when, where? Where deals with direction? Let's look at the fifth one. Why? Why? If the who is you, if the what is taking possession... If the when is at once, and if the where is the promised life that God has for you, why? Why? We have to answer this question of why. So why did Caleb believe? He said, let us go up at once and take possession. Why was he able to say that? Why was he able to say that when everyone else says we are not able? He said we are well able. Why did he believe they were well able? When everyone else didn't believe they were able. Here's the answers right there in his statement. He says, for. That word for could also be the word because. So you could read it this way. Let us go up at once and take possession for or because we are well able to overcome it. Why, why did he believe they were well able to overcome it? That word well able to overcome is all one word in the Hebrew. They've got a bunch of letters in English, we are well able to overcome. That's just one word in the Hebrew, and that word means we have the ability, the power, the might to endure and to prevail. Notice what he says, we are well able. We are well able. Their issue wasn't believing that God could do it. Their issue was believing whether they could do it. Notice what they said. That we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and so we were in theirs. Notice they did not say our God was like a grasshopper in the giant's eyes. They didn't say that. They said we were like grasshoppers. They didn't have any trouble believing God could do something, but they had a lot of trouble believing whether they could do something. I want to encourage you that that's our problem a lot of times today. We don't have any trouble believing what God can do, but we have a lot of trouble believing what we can do with him. I'm not talking about doing something without him, mind you. I'm talking about cooperating with him because this is the difference. This is what I believe the difference was. Why did Caleb believe that he was able to do something and the others weren't? I mean, what was different for Caleb? Did he, did he, was he a better fighter than them? Was he like Rambo or something? You know, did he just believe that, that, that they were more, is it, did he believe in himself more? No. 
I don't believe that's the case. Here's what I believe it happened. Here's the answer in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Moses called Joshua. This is after later they're getting ready to possess, after they wandered in the wilderness 40 years. Moses called Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. Listen to this, verse 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. That's the answer. Why did, why did Caleb believe? Why? Why did Caleb believe they were well able and the others didn't? They, the others didn't. Here's why I believe. Caleb believed that the power with him could endure and prevail over any power against him. He had more confidence in he, the power that was with him, than he had in the power that was against him. Why did he believe that he was able? It wasn't because he was something. I am able because who is with me? Who is with me? Notice this. The uncertainty of what was ahead of him was overcome by the certainty of who was with him. God was with Caleb because Caleb was with God. Here's something that's very important. If we're going to go into a difficult situation, we're going to face something difficult. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe you're facing difficult situation with your marriage, your family. I mean, right now, suicide rates are through the roof. People are fighting depression, fighting mental struggles and issues because they're, they're stuck in the house and, and they don't know what to do. They don't know what their future holds. All these things are coming against us. How are we going to overcome? I feel for the seniors and the graduates that are not able to walk through their graduation, the, the college seniors, the high school, the eighth graders, even kindergarten graduates that are not able to walk through something. Maybe seniors that have worked so hard to be able to stand up and give that valedictorian or salutatorian speech and now you're not able to and you're like, I've been cheated, I've been robbed, how am I going to get through this? Or you may think that's no big deal. Who cares about a silly graduation? I got real problems. I lost my job or I've lost my marriage or I lost a loved one, a family member's died. Your, your situation may be different, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what it is, we're able to overcome because of the one who's with us. When he's with us, that's what makes the difference. Notice what it says, let us go up once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. It, you insert the it, you insert whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is, it matters on who's with me. When I know who's with me, the it can change, the it will change. Coronavirus will be here today, but it's not going to be here forever. But my it will be there. There will be another it that I have to overcome, and the one who's with me will help me get through it. But notice, it's not just about him being with me, it's about us being with him. Look what it says here in Matthew or Mark chapter 10, verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Notice this. It's very important you pick up this scripture. With God all things are possible. It doesn't say nothing is impossible for God. It doesn't say for God all things are possible. We know that. But it says with God. God, all things are possible. When we are with God, it's not a big deal for me to say, well, God can do anything. All things are possible for God. Nothing's impossible for God. Absolutely nothing's impossible for God. But that doesn't connect with you. 
That doesn't bring it home to you. It leaves it up in heaven. It leaves it way up there beyond our reach and our ability. But I'm telling you, God wants to bring it from heaven down into your earth, down into your life, down into your family. He doesn't want to be about something just for him, that with him, when we're with God, now nothing's impossible to us. Not on my own, not Chad by himself. Chad by himself can do nothing. But with God, partnering in a relationship with God, now nothing is impossible for you. So I'm telling you, get with God. Get with him, get with his plan, get with his agenda. He wants to change your life, but we got to get with him where he is. This is why Caleb overcame. It was because he believed he was better, he was stronger. He just believed that the God with him was greater than the opposition that was against him. And I want to encourage you today, the who, what, when, where, why, the why we believe that we can overcome is because God is with us. It's going to make the difference in our world. Type in there in the, in the comments below, he's with me, he's with me, he's with me. We are well able to overcome it. John chapter 14 says this, Jesus said, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit came into the earth. So that the Godhead, the presence of God, God the Father, Jesus the Son, now the presence of the Holy Spirit, he came into the earth so God himself will not only be with us, but he will be in us. That's what I'm encouraging you to accept today. I'm encouraging you to embrace a relationship with Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life because now we can have someone with us. And when he's with us, all things are possible. You're like, Chad, I don't know how I can overcome this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know, we've never seen anything like this before in our life. I don't, know, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this family situation. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this situation with my kids. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm telling you why you're going to overcome. Why you're going to come? Because of him being with you, God being with you, that's why. Psalms tells us this, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me because you are with me. That's what he's talking about. You are with me. You're with me. When God's with us, we have nothing to fear. You are with me. The uncertainty of what is ahead of you has to be overcome by the certainty of who is with you. The uncertainty of what's ahead of you. You don't know what's happening. You know when it's going to be. When are we going to get opened up, Chad? When are we going to get life back to normal? When are we going to get, when am I going to go back to work again? When are, when are kids going to go back to school? When, when are we going to get to go here or go there? I don't know. But here's what I encourage you with this. The way that we're going to overcome, the why we're going to overcome is because the uncertainty of what's ahead of you becomes overcome. By the certainty of who is with you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you may just got laid off. And the uncertainty of how you're going to provide for your family is trying to overcome you. But I want you to overcome that uncertainty with a certainty of who is with you. If he's with me, if God before me, then who can be against me? If God's with me, I can overcome any it. I can overcome any adversity. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. This is a good job. I'm I, I going to overcome this. I, I, I just I lost this person. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this, this feeling, my, my situation. I don't know how I'm going to overcome. I'll tell you how you're going to overcome. You're going to overcome because you're going to get with God. Because notice something. Notice something. We talked about the five W's. Who? Who's the who? The who is you. 
The who is you. We're not waiting for someone else. The who is you. What? What are we going to do? We're going to take possession. We're going to take a step of faith. Some of you, God's asking you right now, take a step of faith. You're the who. Take an action step. Do what God's called you to do. Do what God's asked you. Take possession of it by faith. You're not bossing God around, telling God, I'm telling you what he has promised you in his word. Take possession of it. Say, that's mine. That belongs to me. Get off my kids, devil, in the name of Jesus. When you pray, pray in faith. Take possession. When you pray over your job search, pray over those resumes before you send it out. Take possession of that. My God, Jehovah Jireh, shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Pray over that and take possession of your new job. Take possession of your provision. Not bossing God. No, no, no. But possessing the promise by faith. Go sit on the couch and just pray that God sends you something. Go out, take steps of faith. Take action steps and watch God move in your life. That's the what. When? When are you going to do it? Later? When you feel better? When the circumstance change? When someone else gives you permission? No, you're going to do it at once. You're going to act right now. You're going to start. It doesn't mean you're going to arrive, but you're going to go for it. You're going to do it right now. Today is the day. Today is the day you change your life. Today is you, the day you start making new circles of friends. Today is the day that you start moving in a different direction. I'm going to start making changes today. I'm not putting it off till tomorrow. I know I'm supposed to get my life right with God, but I'm not going to wait for it. Don't wait. We're not promised tomorrow. In January, all of us had different plans on what we were going to do. High school senior, you had great plans on what you're going to be able to do, but everything changed. You had great plans for your job. You were making that commission. Everything was flowing. You were budgeting your lifestyle and how you were spending based on your current income. And all of a sudden, bam, everything changed. Everything changed. Well, now what am I going to do? Now now how am I going to overcome? The security blanket has been ripped out from underneath us. Now what do we do? Who, what, when, where? The promises of God, we're going to keep going after him. We're going to pursue him. We're getting the right direction. Go towards him. Go towards him. Get in the right direction. Why? Why? Why are we going to overcome? We're going to overcome because he is with us. Look what it says here. Notice what one thing was not answered when I went through the five. Who, what, when, where, why. Notice what we didn't answer. Remember it was five W's and how. Who, what, when, where, why. How? Notice in Caleb's statement, his statement of faith, the only question that was not answered was how. I think this is the big deal. Some of us won't take the steps. We won't start moving towards what God has for us until we know how. Caleb said, let's go take possession of the land. Let's go. I'm the who. I'm ready. Let's go take possession. Let's do it at once. Let's go in the promised land. We'll, do, we'll overcome because God's with us. Well, yeah, that's fine, Caleb, but how's he going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, but I know why. I know why I'm going to overcome. Some of us, were waiting on the how before we overcome, and I'm encouraging somebody, stop waiting on the how. Stop waiting to try and figure out how it's going to come and get started on the why you're going to overcome. I'm going to overcome because he's with me. I'm going to overcome because of him. The one that's with me, the one that's never going to leave me nor forsake me, that's why I'm going to overcome in my life. And I want to encourage you, stop waiting on the how. You may not get the how. 
Well, Chad, now what am I going to do? What, what am I going to do for income now? What am I, how am I going to provide? I don't, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know who's going to do it. I know who's going to do it. It's going to be God. God's going to do it. When you get with him, connect with him, connect with his principles, connect with his ways, we will overcome. Not because of who we are, not even because we want to, but because of who we are with. So I want to encourage some people today that maybe you're watching and this message is speaking right to you. Maybe you're in a situation where you are ready to cash in your chips and say, Chad, I, I have no hope. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to change. I, I want to tell you, I don't know either. There's so much uncertainty in the world. But, and this week, I want, I want to speak into your camera and just tell you, I, I've been on a roller coaster of emotions, dealing with thoughts and issues in my own head, discouraging thoughts and fearful thoughts and Things that I didn't know what I was going to do and how I was going to do it and where, where it's going to come from. And, 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 I, and all these voices were speaking to me. And I, I realized that I need to make a change. I need to make a decision that I'm going to, I'm going to overcome. And, and I had realized, why am I going to overcome? I'm, I'm going to overcome because God's with me. And the uncertainty of my future, the uncertainty of how things are going to play out, beginning to be overcome by the certainty of who is with me. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to play out in the detail, but I know who's with me. And so I just started saying, Lord, if you're with me, it doesn't matter what comes against me. I'm going to overcome it. Whatever my it is, whatever your it is, your it is going to change, but the one who's with you is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not going to change. My it's are going to change that I have to overcome. Today it may be coronavirus, it may be unemployment, it may be marriage situation, it may be physical situation. It's going to change. It may be spiritual issues, but whatever your it is, it's going to change, but God's never going to change. So I invite you right now, if you're watching this, to answer those five W's. You're the who. You're the who. Nobody else. Nobody else. We're not looking to somebody else to make decisions to change our life. You're the who. Let us go up. Let us. Let it be us, church. Let it be us, the body of Christ. That Let us rise up and make a difference in our communities. Let us be the one. Don't look for our government to do it or somebody else to do it. Let us be the ones. Let us be the ones that speaks to our family members. Let us be the ones who reconciles unforgiveness and bitterness. Let us stop waiting for that person. Oh, that's for somebody watching right now. You've been waiting for someone else to make the first move. You said, well, if they'll call me, if they'll text me, if they'll do it first, then I will go to them. And God is saying to you, now you make the move. You're the who. You're the who that's going to bring reconciliation. You're the who that's going to bring restoration. Stop waiting for others to take possession. You're the who. Why? Why are you going to overcome? Because God is with you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.